with the help of the Lord, ask you to open up your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 22. Ephesians chapter 5, I'm sorry. We're going to be reading out of Ephesians chapter 5. Amen. And I'm going to give you the title right now as soon as we're done. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 24. And the word of the Lord says this. The Bible says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Amen. Today, I want to talk to you on the topic of the duties of a Christian wife. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord. And we just thank you so much. Father, for loving us so much that you left us instructions of how to live a life of order and how to be blessed as Christians, as believers, as followers. Father, and I pray today, mighty God, that you would be in the home and the living room of every person that is tuned in tonight, Father, that you would be honored and that you would be glorified, Lord, and allow them to have a heart of reception tonight, Father. Let them not be so busy tonight with work and with other stuff. Father, I pray that everybody would close, would log off and do what they need to do to receive this message tonight. Father, I pray this tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Again, thank you for joining us. And uh, last week, amen, we talked about how um, the institution of marriages, amen, is uh, a sacred institution. Amen. And uh, we just want to go ahead and um, wait for that music to stop. Amen. As we start our Bible study. Amen. Thank you, brothers. I appreciate it. Amen. So last week we talked about how marriage is a sacred institution uh, that was instituted by God. It wasn't instituted by the states. It's not a state thing. Amen. Uh, it was instituted by God. Amen. And it was instituted by God between a man and a woman. Amen. And so uh, a husband and a wife uh, in holy matrimony. Amen. And each one of them were given uh, God-given duties, uh, injunctions to one another on how to be with one another and so that the home can be uh, blessed and so that the home can be in order. And so uh, last week, uh, we considered the duties of the husband. Um, we considered the duties of a husband, amen, and we saw that the... Uh, 
Husbands were to um, uh, love their wives, amen. They were to uh, respect their wives, amen. And they were to uh, support their wives, amen. And so there's nothing like doing things in order, amen, so that God can bless. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And so uh, what we want to do is today is consider what the Apostle Paul uh, uh, was teaching, amen, uh, to the church of Ephesians. And it wasn't just the church of Ephesians, amen, that he taught this to. This was universal for every church, amen, because the desire of the Apostle Paul was that every marriage, amen, was that every marriage was blessed and, and that the home was blessed and that there was uh, a, a proper order, amen. And so I uh, uh, was reading and, and I saw that when the Apostle Paul addressed uh, the husbands, uh, the first thing that he addressed them with was to love their wives. Amen. And uh, I was having a conversation with my wife, and I, I brought it up to her, and I, I believe she made a very valid point. Amen. It's because, uh, you know, men, uh, uh, it's harder for a man to show love or to show affection, amen, uh, towards their wives, amen. We're, we're men, we're rugged, we're not as emotional, amen. And so um, I believe that the Apostle Paul, amen, he was already seeing the time, amen. He was already seeing what was going on uh, in that culture and in that time. And, and so uh, maybe there wasn't a whole lot of love going on, amen, between the men, amen. And so uh, he probably saw it with the women, amen, but he probably didn't see it with the men. And that's why he addressed Love, hey, love first, amen. But when we look at the word of God and how he came to the women, amen, uh, he came to the women first, amen. We're going to talk about the duties of the wife. And I'm going to start out with something that, that seems to offend many today, amen. And uh, the objective is not to be offensive. The objective is, is not to... Uh, uh, take power or authority, but the objective is to give power and to give authority. Amen. Uh, and the only way to do that is to bring order. Amen. Uh, in the marriage. And so uh, the first thing that the Apostle Paul addresses the wives with, and we read that in the book of Ephesians chapter 22. Amen. If you would go there with me really quick, the first thing he starts out with is wives, submit to your husbands. As to the Lord. That's the first sentence. He gets all the wives. He singles all the wives out in the church. And he's like, hey, I want to have a, a meeting with all of the, the married women in the church. Those that are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come here, please. Uh, uh, brothers, can you step out? Uh, uh, single sisters and everybody step out. Children, please be removed. I need to have a meeting with the sisters in the church. All of the wives. And the first thing he does is address them by telling them, to submit to their husbands. Amen. And so I want to define, amen, the word submit and what it means. Um, that word in the Greek that the Apostle Paul is using, amen, is the Greek word hupotasso. Amen. Hupotasso. That word right there, I, I looked it up in the dictionary, in the Webster's Dictionary, and it gave me a totally different um, uh, definition. 
but only because it's an American definition of, of the word submit. When you go into the Greek, amen, you'll find that that word submit is the Greek word hupotasso. And that word means to be subordinate. Amen, to be subordinate. Amen, I remember there was a time uh, where I was uh, working at work and, and uh, before I went full-time in the ministry, and I remember uh, that's a huge word, amen, in the uh, uh, workplace, amen, especially amongst managers and employees, amen, where you desire, amen, it's policy, amen, in the workplace that we are subordinate, amen, to our superiors, amen, that we're subordinate to our bosses, that we're subordinate to our managers, amen, and to uh, our directors or who it is in that department, it is a uh, policy, amen, and when you go outside of that policy, amen, uh, you risk not only getting written up, amen, or reprimanded, but when you get out of that, that policy and, and you're no longer subordinate uh, to your superior in work, uh, your job, your employment can be terminated, amen. I remember there was a time where uh, there was an individual that I had to let go from work because uh, he wasn't being subordinate, amen, he wasn't uh, following the policy, he wasn't doing certain things, amen, he wasn't uh, uh, in order, amen. And so the Apostle Paul is using that term or that word, that Greek word, hupotasso, which means to be subordinate, to obey, to be under obedience, to be in subjection to, to submit themselves unto, amen. Another uh, uh uh, commentary, Lonita says this, that it means to submit to the orders or directives of someone. Amen. And most of you, you know, you ladies you're, that are listening today, amen, and uh, 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 on the, uh, the duties of a Christian wife, amen, uh, um, you know, you're, you're probably looking at this and thinking of of, man, those are pretty harsh definitions, or that's, per, that's a pretty low place for me to have to be, amen. But it's not. On the contrary, amen. Um, it's not because Jesus Christ himself submitted to the will of the Father. And he wasn't weak. He wasn't less than. He wasn't inferior. He... he he was Jesus Christ. He was God manifested in the flesh. And he himself in this natural body, he knew how to submit to those that were over him, to, to that individual, the father who was over him. Can you say amen? And so don't think of this as uh, 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 barbaric. Amen. Don't think of it as a low place. It's actually a place where you align yourself with, with Jesus Christ and because you're fulfilling the will of the Father. Amen. And so we see that, uh, we see that it's powerful because Jesus submitted to the will of his Father. We see that in the book of John chapter 6 and verse 38. Amen. Jesus Christ says, For I have not come down from heaven, to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Amen. So even Jesus Christ knew how to submit under the authority that was placed over him. 
Amen. And so, uh, uh, ladies, sisters, uh, for those of you that are listening for the first time, amen, and, and, and God is enlightening you on, on how he instituted the home to be, on how he desires, amen, how he, where he wants certain people established and in, in, uh, placed in certain places, amen. Why? Because he did it. Amen. And so you're not following uh, uh, the rule of the world. You're not following the instructions of the world. Amen. You're actually following the will and the instructions of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so to submit is that Greek word, hupotasso, which is to be subordinate, to obey, to be under obedience, subjection to, and to submit. Amen. Under who? Under your husbands. Amen. You are called to submit under the priest of the home. Amen. Under your husbands. Wives are to submit to their husbands as the church submits to Christ in everything. Amen. Let's read that verse again. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 22 through 24. Amen. The Bible says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Amen. Not in just some things, not in just uh, whenever it feels good or it sounds good. But the Bible says that uh, the wives should submit under their husbands in everything. Amen. And so we see that we are, uh, that is presuming, amen. That is presuming that it is in the keeping of the will of God. Amen. And I say that because in the book of Acts chapter 5 and verse 29 the Bible says that Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Amen. Now, so just to give a little bit of clarification as to what's going on right here with this portion of Scripture, amen, because we don't want the Scripture to be used out of context either, amen, to where we have a, a, a married sister telling, you know, her husband, hey, you know, uh, the scripture right there says that I don't got to listen to no man. You know, I'm, I'm about to just listen to God. You know, so you could just, you know, go sit over there in your chair and, and, and not say nothing because that's what uh, the scripture says. Amen. But if that's your attitude, if that's the way you're thinking or if that's what you're doing, you're taking the scripture out of context and you're actually way out of order of where you should be. Amen. Because what's happening right there is you see the account of Peter and John right after the day of Pentecost where they went to the temple the next day and they ran into that uh, uh, man uh, that couldn't walk uh, at the gates. And, and we all remember the story. We know the story uh, where uh, they asked the man to look at him and it says, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, you know, I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ, arise and walk. Amen. And so we see that this man was healed. And so uh, after that, you know, the, the Pharisees and everybody came around and they, they were, they were uh, uh, arguing and talking amongst one another about, you know, let's throw these guys in jail, you know, and, 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 and let's do certain things. 
Amen. And they didn't. Amen. They let him go. Amen. But they threatened Peter and John. And they told John, hey, you know, if you guys continue to do the things that you're doing, you know, we're going we're gonna to throw you in prison. We're going to throw you in jail. Amen. And so they themselves submitted themselves under the authority, which was Jesus Christ, somebody higher than them, and said, hey, we're not going to listen to you, to mere men. We're going to listen to our authority, which is God. And so the way this scripture is placed into context when it comes to the marriage is that we're not going to listen to the world. We're not going to uh, listen to what the world has to say about how a woman is supposed to be in her home with her husband because the world doesn't even know the order. The world doesn't know God. The world doesn't know Jesus Christ. They, they've heard about him, but they don't have a relationship with him, and they don't know the order, and they don't know that they were talking about the submission of those of something that was more superior. And so when we look at it in this context, we see that the sister or the wife, amen, the Christian wife, not the worldly wife, but the Christian wife, amen, is to not to listen to the mere men that are outside of the church, the mere people that are out there trying to convince them to, to do a, uh, the wrong thing, but rather to listen to God. And so uh, listening to God is submitting yourself, amen, under your husbands, amen. But husbands are not, you know, and I, I, I don't want the husbands to, to be puffed up through this message or to, to, you know, look over to their wives and they start going like this and, you know, pastor said, are you listening? You know, are you catching that? Did you hear that? You know, trying to hit the rewind button. no. Husbands must not abuse their authority. They must not abuse their authority. Amen. Remember, they're to respect their wives or to love their wives or to support their wives. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, remember this scripture, we went over it last week. The Bible says, husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving what? Honor to the wife. As to the weaker vessel. Why? Because they are heirs with you of the grace of life. And you do it so that your prayers may not be hindered. So that comes with the disclaimer, husbands, that yes, the Bible does call for the wife to submit under the, the, uh, 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 the authority or the place, amen, uh, of her husband. But you are not to be barbaric, amen, and not to abuse your authority. Husbands are to love their wives as Christ loves the church, amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 27, amen. The Bible says this, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, amen, but that she should be holy and without blemish, amen. And so we see right there, husbands, that we're not to be tyrants, we're not to be bullies, we're not to, 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 uh, to abuse, amen, our wives, amen, we're to love them and cherish them and to take care of them. But even that, Okay, 
that the husbands are to submit unto the Lord, the wives are also to submit under their authority. Amen. Christian wives are to submit to first and foremost to God. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 4 and 17 that for him to know to do good and does not do it, to him is sin. Now, I know that I'm not speaking to a bunch of newbies or beginners in the Lord. A lot of the people that that are here in Christian Restoration Center, uh, amen, have been in the church for some time, amen, and I know that this is not the first uh, time the wives have heard this message, amen, so it's not anything uh, new, it's just a, a, a reminder, a refresher, amen, just in case you, you got out a little bit of a, you need a little bit of an alignment, amen, and, and, and we need to be placed back into that area so that we can uh, have our marriages blessed, Amen. But the Bible says that for you to know, James says, if you know already and you've heard it and you have to keep be reminded about it and you're not doing it, then to you it is sin. Amen. It is sin. It's rebellion. Amen. It is rebellion. And rebellion is witchcraft. It's a spirit of the devil. It's a spirit of the enemy. When an individual cannot submit and rebels and does not do the right thing, the Bible says that that individual carries the spirit of Satan with him because it's witchcraft. And witchcraft is a spirit of darkness, which ultimately leads to a spirit of Satan. And so we have to submit to God And your authority. In the book of Romans, chapter 13, verses 1 through 5, the Bible says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So every one of you that are married, God appointed you that individual to be over you. Amen. Remember, when Satan came to Job, he needed to ask permission. Nothing is done without God's consent. And so every authority that exists are appointed by God. So therefore, whoever resists, whoever resists, the authority is resisting the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good work, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. And that takes me back to James. For that individual to know to do good 
and to not do it, to him it is sin. And so right there we see the Apostle Paul writing to the Roman church and he's letting them know that, hey, there is an authority over you. Whether it's in your job, whether it's in, 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 in uh, uh, the workplace, whether uh, it's anywhere else. But today we're talking about the marriage. And, and sisters, if, if you don't, you're not resisting his authority, your husband's, you're resisting God's authority. And God's going to be the judge. Amen. And so he's telling you, he's telling the sisters to submit. Why? Do it in good conscience because you know it's the godly thing to do. Can the sisters say amen? Amen. And so, uh, sisters, uh, we're supposed to do it. Uh, the Bible says to do it without nagging. Amen. To do it without nagging. To do it without complaining, screaming and yelling. But to do it with gentleness and quietness. Amen. The Bible says this in the first book of Peter, chapter 3, verses 1 and 4. Peter backs up Paul. Peter backs up Paul. Amen. And he says this, likewise. Wives, he starts out the same way that Paul does. Be submissive to your own husbands. That even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wife. When they observe, how are they going to be won over? It's talking about somebody who's who's uh, uh, maybe an unbeliever or somebody that's uh, fallen away or, or somebody that's not as strong and, and you're stronger or whatever the case is. But he says you win people over when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. He says, I'm going to read it so we can take it down, but then I'm going to break it down to you says, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the uncorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Amen. So what Peter is saying right here, Peter is, is, is first off, he's starting off just like Paul, and he's saying, hey, sisters, I need you guys uh, uh, to to fall into your rightful place and be submissive to your husbands. Amen. And even if some, he's talking about some uh, uh, husbands or even some other wives, amen, that don't obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. How? By observing your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. In other words, chaste means like a, a... a rush to or a or a priority amen like like you want to be there amen and it says that when they see you wanting to do it and 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 doing it voluntarily because you love the lord and and you want your marriage to be blessed but it's accompanied by fear by respect by reverence amen to your husband and so he's saying this do not let your adornment be merely outward In other words, he's saying this. 
Sisters, you arrange, their, you arrange your hair. Don't let your adornment be merely outward. Don't let it just be an outward look. Amen. He says, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Those things are okay. Those things are good. He's saying, don't let it just be the way you're fixing up the outward. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. Amen. That is, that is powerful because we all come from the world. Amen. We all come from the world. Amen. And, and, and in the world, we, we acted a certain way and we reacted a certain way and, and we said certain things. Amen. Came out of our mouth and, and some of us were quick to put them up, put up the dukes and, and tire her in the back in a chungle and, and, and get ready and get down. Amen. And, and so when we come to the Lord, we cannot bring that behavior into our marriage to where, where we're all loud and, and we're, we're screaming in the store at our husbands or we're, we're throwing sartenes across the house and, and we're getting all crazy and we're yelling and, and, and we're cursing the individual out and, and, and constantly nagging. The Bible says for wives to be gentle and quiet. Now, again, we're not saying to sit there and be quiet, zip it up. No. But how is the reaction? How do we react to certain things? And this, we talked about this even for the husbands last week, where the husbands see that the, the, the wives don't have the lonche ready, or they don't have certain things prepared, or, or maybe they're late, amen, and, and you got a husband that doesn't like to be late. Then he starts honking the horn in the, in the driveway, in the, and then he's threatening to leave you at the, at the grocery store, at the market, because you're taking too long, amen. Uh, that right there, amen, it's, it's vice versa, amen. It's, it's, it's both individuals that don't need to be nagging, don't need to be complaining. They need to be meek, and they need to be mild, and they need to be gentle spirited can somebody say amen and so sisters you are to submit to your husbands and respect them the bible says in ephesians chapter 5 and verse 33 nevertheless let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself He's given instruction to the men. But then he says, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. You know, I can only imagine what was going on at that time and why the Apostle Paul felt the need to, to bring this up. Maybe there were some sisters there in the church of, of Ephesus that were that were uh, disrespectful to their wives. Maybe uh, they were uh, demeaning, uh, uh, disrespectful to their husbands. Maybe they were demeaning to their husbands. Maybe they, they made the husbands feel like they weren't in control, like they weren't in charge. Amen. Uh, made them feel weak and insignificant. Amen. Uh, and so uh, maybe that's why the Apostle Paul said, Hey, wives, I, I need you to respect your husband. Because in the order that we see, we see that it's God, men, 
wives and children. Amen. And so, um, you know, it's not a good thing when the when the the wife is demeaning and and talking about the husband and 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 berating the husband and and making him sound a certain way, amen. Like like he's not at your level, amen. Or you're smarter than him. You know, I'm I'm more educated than my husband. You know, he's not at my level. Well, that may be so in society. Amen. That may be so in the natural realm. You might be smarter. But we're talking about the spiritual realm as to where you're supposed to be in your order in your marriage. The Bible didn't say submit if your husband has uh, makes more money or, or submit if your husband is, is, uh, has a higher degree or only submit if his uh, uh, social status is higher than yours. God didn't mention anything like that. He says, hey, you want your marriage to be blessed? You want to stop having so many problems in your marriage? Then put things in order in your home. Can you say amen? And when wives fail to submit, it's not pleasing and it's not fitting in the Lord. The Bible says in the book of Colossians, chapter 3 and verse 18, it says again, wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Amen. So it is fitting, it is unfitting when that does not happen. Amen. And so we see, and I've seen it time and time again, and maybe some are there today, where the family unit, where there's turmoil within the family unit because of it. Amen. Let me, let me, let me read to you something right here that I wrote. I wrote this thinking as, a, as an employee, as a manager. To have a social organization that is functional, that goes here in the church, that goes in our marriage, that goes in our workplace. To have a social organization that is functional, there must be a chain of authority. For things to operate the way that they should, without confusion, without turmoil, for things to work out in the home the way that they should, there must be a chain of authority. God is the head of Christ, Christ the head of man, and man the head of woman. Amen. Don't get all theological on me and, and think I'm talking about the Trinity. I'm not. Amen. We know that God was, uh, Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh. But we see that as he walked as a natural man, God is the head of Christ, Christ the head of man, and man the head of woman. We see that in the first book of Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. It says, but I want you to know that the head of every man is the Lord, is Christ. And the head of woman is, is man, and the head of Christ 
is God. Amen. So in the family, in the family, it is God's will that the husband be the head of the wife and that parents, both husband and wife, united together. Amen. Be parents over their children. Otherwise, the family will be dysfunctional. Amen. If you got, if, if, if sister, you're the one making all the decisions for the children and your husband is nowhere to be found, then there is something wrong. Brothers, if you're the one making all of the, the decisions for, for your, your children and you're not including your wife, then something is wrong. You're supposed to parent. And we're going to get into that next week. We're going to talk about parenting. Amen. But today we're talking about the marriage and how there is a chain of command of authority in the home. Amen. We saw that in the garden when God went to Adam. It wasn't Adam that, that, that was deceived. It wasn't Adam that picked the fruit. It, it, it wasn't Adam that did those things. Amen. Uh, it was Eve. And God went to Adam because he was the head of that household. He was over the garden. And so because he was over the garden, amen, he needed to answer as to why his wife wasn't submitting. Amen. And so the family uh, uh, dynamic will be dysfunctional. God will not be gracious. In the first book of Peter, chapter 5 and verse 5, the Bible says, Likewise, the younger, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He's talking about submission. Amen. He will not grant favor to those who proudly resist his will. And just as the prayers of a husband who mistreats and disrespects his wife are hindered, so are the prayers of a wife who refuses to submit to her husband. Amen. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 7 says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. Give honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Amen. And so it goes both ways. That when you are disrespectful to your husbands, amen, or you put other things or people, you know there are some wives, amen, that, that put their children before their husbands. And, and not only do they put their children before their husbands, but they even talk to their children's to their children about their husband. They tell them everything that they should be telling their husband. Can I tell you if that if that is the case, whether it's a behavior that's done by the husband or it's being done by the wife, you're hurting that child. You're actually abusing that child. By telling them how bad their father is. 
by telling them how bad their mother is. You're abusing that child. You're using that child. He's not your child. Now he's your, your, your garbage can where you're dumping all of your garbage on him or her. And I've seen it time and time again. Amen. I've seen it in marriages. I've seen it where, where the child is closer to the wife than the husband. The child knows everything before the husband does. And then you got the child walking around all mad at the, at the husband or the wife because the spouse went and shared something that, they, that was personal, that was private, that shouldn't have been shared. And now that individual is at odds with that parent. That's not order. Amen. And so wives need to submit to their husbands just as Christians are to submit to Christ. Amen. And so wives, the Bible says to submit to your husbands And to love your husbands. Love them. Amen. I know that we have some strong marriages in our church. And I know that we have some some people that have been married for a long time. Five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Some maybe more. And so without a doubt, I'm sure there's love there. I'm sure you, sisters, you love your husbands. Amen. And the Bible says to love them, amen, and to have affection towards them. In the book of Titus, chapter 2, amen, we're not going to go to that one yet. Love your husbands with affection and admonish the young women to love their husbands. You know, we have some married couples who have daughters, amen, who are going to grow up, amen, and, and be married one day and have their own family. And sisters, they're watching you. They're watching how your, how your, uh, uh, how your marriage is. They're watching how, how you're, uh, whether you're submissive to your husband or you're not submissive to your husband. They're watching whether you're, you're, uh, Uh, rebelling or you're resisting the authority that God has placed over you in the home. They're watching. And and what you do, we all know that what we do in moderation, they're going to do in excess. And so if you fly off the handle at your husband and, and you straight out tell him no in front of his, in front of, in front of your daughter, amen, they're going to see this and they're going to do it in excess. And they're going to have problems and they're going to come to you and they're going to, mom, dad, we're, we're having problems in our marriage and, and it, and it's going to, a light is going to turn on and, and, and sisters are, are going to say, man, that's how I was with my husband, but not as bad. You're taking it to the extreme. Because remember, more is caught than taught. Can you say amen? And so it's supposed to be done with affection. And the love that, that, uh, that they want the wives to have with their husband is the philandrous love. Philandrous love is a Greek word, philandrous, that means fond of man. Amen. 
I'm sure that when you met your husband, amen, you were fond of him. You, you thought he was all that and a bag of chips and, and you needed to get his number. or You needed him to come and approach you and talk to you. And, and you guys hit it off. And, and remember the dating, amen, man, we used to do all kinds of stuff, amen. Uh, you know, uh, couldn't wait to hear from him, you know, uh, stayed up late on the phone, amen, uh, uh, all these things. And we, we wanted to bake him some cookies and we wanted to bring him a cake to church and just to express our love and our, our desire to be with him and our affection. And now it's, ah, get out of here. I don't, don't even hold my hand. Don't even sit next to me. Don't even look my way. Amen. I'm tired of looking at your face. Amen. Don't you got to leave to work? You know, that's not affectionate. That's not the philanderous love. Remember, you used to be fond of this man and you have to keep the fire lit. Amen. And so there has to be some affection and there has to be some intimacy. Amen. We're not going to get as deep as, as we did last week with the intimacy part, but everything that I talked to, uh, I let the brothers know last week in this lesson, it's no different for the sisters where, you know, there's a constant excuse of, you know, I'm tired. I had a bad day. My head hurts. I got an ingrown toenail. You know, I donate three slices of pizza and two sodas and I'm too full you know, and, and just leave me alone and all making excuse after excuse after excuse. You know, I don't like the way my body looks anymore. I'm uncomfortable. You know, I, I put on some, uh, COVID weight and, and I don't feel, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm embarrassed. You're married. You're married. And I can guarantee you right now that I don't look the way that I did 15 years ago. And so those aren't reasons. Those are excuses. And God is saying, hey, it's time that there be some intimacy within the marriage and to put away the excuses already. Something is happening. Amen. And it's done to prevent unfaithfulness on both parts. Now again, I said last week, this is not a reason for anybody to seek outside their marriage. Amen. But if there's no intimacy going on in the marriage, there is something Really wrong. And I'm going to show you what happens when there's not. Let's go to the second book of Corinthians. First book of Corinthians. Chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. This portion of scripture right here in the Bible is entitled, The Principles of Marriage. Intimacy is a principle of marriage. Amen. It says, now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her 
and likewise also the wife do to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. But when you're done, come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of control. Amen. Verse 5. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer. Okay. That you consent for a time. Only for what? To fast and to pray. Not because you're tired. Not because you're, you're feeling a certain way. Or not until I lose 10 pounds or 15 pounds or 20 pounds or 40 pounds. Because, I mean, let's get real. I've been trying to lose weight for years. Am I supposed to make my wife wait for years because I'm insecure about how I look in my flesh? Turn off the lights. Amen. It's biblical, church. It's biblical. We're allowing Satan to come into our house, to come into our bedrooms every time that we resist our our husbands, every time we resist our wives, we're inviting them in. And we're making that individual fight that much harder. We already know that there's a price tag on the head of every husband in the home. And here some wives are opening the door and inviting Satan in because they refuse to submit to what the Word of God says when it comes to their marriages. Amen. And that's both, because I know some husbands, amen, that'll make up all kinds of excuses to not be intimate with their wives. And so just as husbands are commanded to love their wives, so the wives are commanded to love their husbands. And if the original love has been lost, it needs to be relearned. Amen. It needs to be relearned. Because when you look at that portion of Scripture, amen, it goes into divorce. And we're not going to get into that right now. But if you've fallen out of love, the original love has been lost, you need to do uh, things that needs to be relearned. And finally, wives are called to manage the home. Amen. Remember last week we talked about how God in the second book of Genesis chapter 15 or 16, I believe, the Bible says that he placed Adam in the garden to till the ground. He told Adam here, he gave him the shovel. He gave him uh, the weed eater. He gave him the lawnmower. He gave him... Uh, uh, the seed. He gave him everything to, 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 uh, to make sure that the household was taken care of. He didn't give it to Eve. But that's not to say that the wives cannot contribute. Amen. And I know that we live in different times. 
We don't live in a time like before where, uh, you know, the men went uh, for days at a time to go hunt, amen, for, uh, for uh, uh, venison, or they went to go uh, hunt for deer, whatever it was, to bring home the food. It was the custom that uh, the woman stayed home and tended to the kids and had children, amen, and these children would grow up, amen, and farm with the father and take care of certain needs, and the 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 young women, the young girls of the home would grow up, amen, to eventually marry their husbands and be homemakers, amen. But we know that society has changed, amen, where, where people are working and people are, are doing certain things. And some homes right now, the way things are financially, it takes two people, amen, to work. But don't ever neglect your home. Women, wives, do not neglect your homes, Amen. Let us go to the to the book of Titus, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Titus, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. The Bible says this, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, but teachers of good things. And then it goes on to say this, that they admonish the young women, the daughters, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Amen. I really don't even have to expound on that. There's an order. Men, sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, love, patient. Wives, reverent in your behavior, not slanderous, not given much wine. Teachers of good things. Teachers to who? To your daughters. To respect their husbands. Not to be disagreeing with their husband and telling, you know what? This is what we're going to do. I'm just letting you know right now. This I don't care what you say. This is what we're going to do and that's it. Three snaps, we're out. And if you don't like it, you could just go over there and you could just sit in the chair and do what you want. But this is what me, what me and my kids are going to do. Oh, that's what we're going to do. And I don't want to hear it. The word has been spoken. Brother, if you're allowing that, your house is out of order. Sister, if you're doing that, you're way out of order. Well, you know, pastor, I, I, it's hard for me to adjust. I've been so independent all my life. Help us, Lord. You know, my wife is a very strong woman. Very strong woman. My wife is, is, is very strong. 
She reminds me a lot of my mother. Very strong woman. She had to take care of five kids by herself. She had to pay for their meals. She had to house them. She had to clothe them. She had to take care of them. She had to take care of the home, make sure school, all the stuff that a single parent, she was independent. She made her own money. She bought her own car. She paid her own bills. And I, when I was in, in California, I was the same way. I worked. I paid my own bills. I had my own place. I left when I wanted to. I came back when I wanted to. I didn't ask permission. I didn't, you know, ask I, nothing. And so when we came together in the beginning, it was a struggle for both of us, not just for her, but for me too, because I was independent, she was independent, and you got these two uh, uh, spiritual giants coming together. And so there there needed to be a time of adjustment. And I'm going to tell you, I I think it took maybe my, my wife and I maybe a year Maybe a little more, I don't know. She can correct me if I'm wrong, but but I know for the first year we we struggled. We had our struggles because she was strong and independent and I was strong and independent. And and so we had to to get into God's word and to get into prayer and to, to figure things out. Do we have a perfect marriage? No, we don't have a perfect marriage. But after that adjustment, my wife understood and she wanted to please God. And so she, she jumped into her, her rightful place in the Lord. She didn't do it for me and she didn't do it for the kids and she didn't do it for anything else but for God because she loved God and she wanted to please God and she knew the blessings behind it. Now, when we adjusted, even now that we've been married for some time, I haven't, she hasn't lost her independence. I haven't lost my independence. I wear what I want to wear. I eat what I want to eat. Amen. I, I stay up as late as I want to stay up. If I want to watch something on TV, I watch it. If she wants to, to eat her own food, she could eat her own food. If she wants to go to sleep later, she can go to sleep later. If she wants to wake up earlier, she can. If she wants to go three days without showering, then that's her prerogative. Amen. If she wants to uh, uh, spend some money at the coffee shop or she wants to buy herself something, that's independence. We no longer use the excuse no more. Oh, I, it's just hard for me to submit under you, honey, because I've been so independent all my life. Get out of here. You're married five years already. Married 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. It's not that you're independent. It's that you're rebellious. That's what it is. It's rebellion. You just don't want to. And you know to do good and you don't do it. And to them, it's a sin. Amen. Now, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at you, sisters. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. All I'm saying is that I get it. There's an adjustment. But my wife doesn't come to me after 10 years later of marriage, and we're having all these problems for her to say, oh, I'm still adjusting. I was so independent. I mean, I gave her a year or two. After that, it's not adjusting. It's rebellion. You just don't want to. You want to do your own will. You want to do your own thing. And there are no blessings behind that. You shouldn't have got married. You should have stayed single. 
Amen. But amen. Let's give God a round of applause, everybody, right there where you're at. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. I love you, sisters. Amen. I love you in the Lord. Honey, I love you. I know my wife is watching. Amen. Uh, uh, but you know, we don't have these kind of issues in our marriage. We have other issues. We don't have, uh, uh, <laughs> we don't have order issues. Amen. Uh, and thank the Lord for a, for a godly wife that wants to please him. That's what it is as we close. It's a godly wife. You know, when Joseph was sold off into slavery by his brothers and they threw him in the pit and they took him out and they took him to Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's wife, man, she, whoo, she saw that brother. And the Bible says that she tried to get at him. She grabbed him by his coat. He said, what you doing, lady? You're crazy. Pulled off and took off running. But you know what's so powerful about that? He didn't say, nah, man, and can't do it, man. Potter, Potiphar's a good guy, man. He let me in his house and he feeds me and he clothes me and don't even charge me rent. Just lets me stay here free. I don't want to disappoint or I don't want to mess up your marriage. You know what he said? I don't want to disappoint my God. And if you and I, husband and wife, can get to a place where we automatically slide into our rightful places, Not because we want to be man pleasers or we're doing it out of terror or we're doing it out of obedience, but because God, I love you so much that I'm willing to step in to my rightful place so that my family and my children and my home can be blessed. That's how we should be looking at it, church. We should never look at it like, oh, I have to, or, or do it grudgingly, or, or oh, I got to do it because I have to be obedient. If you're doing it for obedience, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. Do it because you love the Lord. Husband, step into your place. Don't be afraid. Take the reins. Do it in a godly fashion. Don't be barbaric. Don't be abusive. Do it according to God's word. And wives, submit unto your husbands. Allow him to lead you. Allow him to make the decisions. Stop being the decision maker. Look where it's got you. And if your husband makes the wrong decisions and some, I just heard it right now. I just heard it. I don't know who said it, but somebody just said, well, he don't know how to make decisions. That's why I do it. Somebody just said that right now. 
But why don't you give him a chance? Why don't you give him an opportunity? And if he makes the wrong decision, guess what? Support him anyways. Encourage him. Stand by him. Because at the end of the day, he's going to have to answer to the Lord for his marriage. Hebrews 13, 17, the Bible says to obey them that have the rule over you. When somebody has a rule over you, that means they're, they're in a higher place. Your husbands are in a higher place in the home. They're the priests. You're to, to obey them that have the rule over you and submit. Why? Because they got to give an account for you. God forbid that your husband has to go to the altar and beg God to touch his wife. To be in her rightful place. God forbid that that be the husband's prayer. And God forbid that there is a wife that is at the altar praying and asking the Lord to put her husband in his rightful place. Because he don't want to. My wife could do it better than I can. Let her run the house. No. Stop being lazy. And get down to where the rubber meets the road. Last week I gave you the Ten Commandments of the husbands. Today I'm going to close with the Ten Commandments of the wives. Number one. Don't expect your husband to give you all of the luxuries that your father gave you growing up times are different yeah you still may be daddy's little girl but you're a married woman now two you shall work hard to build your house with the husband that you have not fantasizing about the one that could have been help us Jesus you shall work hard to build your house with the husband that God gave you and not fantasizing about the one that could have been. Three, you shall not nag nor hit him with your frying pan. Love him and be kind. Four, you shall coddle your husband. Coddle him. And be a warm wife. Five. Remember that the frank approval of your husband is more to you than the side glances of many strangers. Six. You shall not tell you shall not yell at your husband, but will be a gentle and quiet spirit. Seven, permit no one to assure you that you're having a hard time of it. Don't listen to the crowd. As a matter of fact, they shouldn't even know what's happening in your marriage. Not your co-workers, not your mother, not your father. Unless this man is beating on you, 
and is volatile and is abusive. We should not be calling our in-laws or our kids. I just got into it with your dad. He's this and this and this and this. That's your business between you and your husband. Eight, you shall not fail to dress up for your husband with an eye to please him the way you did before marriage. Oh, hallelujah. Handara. Right, I used to get all girlied up, dolled up, caught his eye. Now some sisters don't even. Amen. We're just going to leave it there. Con toda la bata and all that stuff, walking around the house. Nine. You shall submit to your husband from your heart and allow him to be the head of the household. Let your children know that your husband is the man of the house and that you all follow his lead. And the last one is, you shall assure your husband and others that he is the greatest man alive. I know these pews are empty, but as I look around and I see the images of all of the husbands, I know that each and every one of them would not hesitate to give their life for their families. Father, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord, and we thank you for your word. And I pray today, mighty God, as it moved in the hearts of those that are listening, that it moved as it moved in the homes, Father. I pray for all marriages, Lord. I pray for the duties of a husband. I pray for the duties of a wife, a Christian husband and a Christian wife, Lord. I pray that through these Bible studies, we'll see strong marriages, marriages that are unstoppable, on fire once again. Let there be revival in the land. Fathers, we praise you and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen.